We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has given us this tawfiq tonight, although the time has changed and how uh, we are start, uh, Aisha being half an hour later. Alhamdulillah, you've been blessed and I've been blessed to uh, be gifted with this opportunity to be in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to attend um, tafsir. Let us re- renew our intention, every one of us, and that we are here to, uh, we are here because we are ourselves most in need of learning the lessons of the Quran and benefiting from the lessons of the Quran. Let us renew our intention um, that all of our problems and issues in our personal life, in our uh, business life, and in our deen, in our dunya, all of these issues can only be solved with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the solutions to all the problems lies in the Quran. And that when, if a person or his connection with the Quran is strong, then every single thing will be right. This is seriously, we have to like keep on repeating this. If my connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is strong, if my connection with the Quran is, is, is fine, then, then you can say, Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Then, then you can say, Alhamdulillah. But if that connection is not strong, then, uh, then we have big problems. Right? We have really big problems. If problems of the dunya do not push us towards Allah, and they push us towards somewhere else, then we are in a very difficult situation. So as we sit here, we think that this is the um, gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He's allowed us to connect with the Qur'an. Dear brothers, you know, as we're preparing for today's class, um, we're going to come across the word ghafla. It's going to be here in the first uh, a few ayats here. And I wanted to mention that before I even begin, because I think it's very appropriate. Uh, there's a difference between ghafla and sakina. So he said one day, Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu anhu, who was one of the most knowledgeable sahaba. They say, the companions would say, all the knowledge of the companions, if you want to gather it together, you would find it in Ali ibn Abi Talib and Abdullah ibn Masood. Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu anhu, one of the most knowledgeable most knowledgeable of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he would give a dars once a dars once a week, and they, people would enjoy it. They'd say, well, "Can you do it more?" And he would say, "No, I'm gonna only do it once a week. That's it, not more than that, because I don't want to create boredom within you. I don't want to create boredom. I'm gonna do it once a week, and that's it. Just show up for that." So you see that even within the companions, you know, if you have too much lecture every single day, then you, it's just natural for a person to start thinking that, "Okay, I hear this every day." Uh, there's no, you know, the value of it goes down. So from time to time, we should have a space well spaced. The programs need to be well spaced, once or twice a week, etc. So Abdullah Masood radiAllahu anhu, while he was giving his daris, people started falling asleep. You know, today being a later starting day, this is important to point because everyone's coming from work and, you know, uh, tired and whatnot. But we may find ourselves dozing off. So people were dozing off in his daris, Abdullah Masood radiAllahu anhu's daris. So he said, but what's wrong? Why are you dozing off? So what is the answer that you heard before? And we always give this answer. We say what? Sakina. Sakina. Sahih? Sakina is coming. Allahu Akbar. And we always laugh it off. We're like, yeah, Sakina. When you're doing ta'aleem especially, Sakina comes. Half of the brothers. When you're giving the post-fajr talk, besides the one who's speaking, everyone else is sleeping, especially in the students. When you go out with students, everyone's sleeping, except for the guy who's speaking. Right? So they say, Sakina. So the response he gave was powerful. You know, 
We did this word sakina in Surah Al-Fatih, if you remember. He is the one that has sent down sakina in the hearts of the believers. So he said sakina, real sakina is that sleep that comes to you when you are on the battlefield. Allah says this regarding, surah, regarding Badr. If you when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the night of Badr, the big battle, the biggest battle that the Muslims ever were gonna fight. Tomorrow morning, completely, completely, completely ill-equipped. And what's happening? In the battlefield, the Sahaba are falling asleep. How do you do that? How can you fall asleep? He said, that's Sakina. Allah wanted them to get power naps. Allah wanted them to be alert because they were so scared, right? How are they gonna handle tomorrow? Naturally. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted them to fall asleep for a little bit, for them to be able to gain that energy required to be able to fight the next day. Isn't that amazing? Right? So he, while in the midst of the battlefield, they're dozing off. He said, that's Sakina. If you can fall asleep in the middle of the battlefield, then you can say that's Sakina. And he said, sleeping in the dars, this is ghafla. This is what? Heedlessness. Because you don't think, you don't, you, you're not realizing what's being shared. That's why you're falling asleep. You're not interested. If you thought what he's about to tell me is how to treat myself out of, out of um, how to find a treasure chest that's hidden like somewhere in Illinois, on he's giving the directions for it. No matter how tired you are, you'll stand on one feet to take you to write down notes. You stand on one feet. You'll do. You'll stand on your head to take notes. Why is it that in the dars, in madrasa students, community members, ourselves, whenever we attend the dars, many times we fall, we start falling asleep as soon as the dars begins. Literally, dear brothers, this is nothing but shaitan creating ghafla within us. We have to acknowledge that. Stop calling it sakina because it's not sakina. Right? The way to deal with that is you, you stand up, you refresh, you do wudu, uh, you, you write notes the entire time. Take a pen and write, 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 write. So you stay awake. But we should not find ourselves falling asleep in a dars of hadith or any type of class because this is a, this is, is a symptom of the condition of our heart. And it's, it's painful Because we're all, we're all all Most of us I can tell about Including myself This happens to us Time to time We're completely fine I'm so honest With my students Sometimes It happens to me And I tell, I'd be very frank With them I tell them If I'm, if I'm feeling sleepy This is not because I had uh, You know I should be sleeping This is from shaitan You know And I'll get up And make do Or whatever the case may be It happens to me And this is There's no reason Because right after the class I'm fine Why is it in the class I'm, I'm getting tired so these types of various attacks of shaitan take place And if you, if, you are, if you want to get yourself out of that At least acknowledge what it is If you don't acknowledge it And you think, oh, it's just I had a long day No, if you, have, if you have a football game going on No one's going to sleep Anything else going on Chit-chatting with your spouse No one's going to sleep Why only in the dars of tafsir or hadith Or any type of thing We start feeling sleepy Okay So the differentiate between ghafla and What was the other word? Sakina Good point, right? I benefited from this. So I thought I'll share this with you. Okay, inshallah, we'll be, uh, uh, begin today in uh, our eighth uh, in, uh, lesson of Surah Maryam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow all of us who are listening here in person or on site or who will listen afterwards. Then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us all to say and to hear what we need to hear most. And what, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire the speaker with what the speaker needs to hear and what the listeners need to hear. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put effect in these words. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Allah Azza wa Jal, let's read the ayats that we're going to cover today and then translate it and then we'll, we'll um, go through the tafsir of it. Just to uh, recap where we stopped last week. 
We talked about how Isa is speaking and he's talking about the first thing that I'm, I am. I'm not, I'm not going to commit shirk. I worship only one Allah. That's the first thing he says. And the second thing was, I am dutiful to my mother. You remember that? Dutiful to my mother. And then he talked about how Allah has not made me insolent or nor wretched. Meaning those who are not dutiful to their mother, they are wretched people. That's who they are. And they're insolent people, those who are not grateful to, and respectful to their mother. And then he said, peace be upon me on the day I'm born. And I told you about peace on the day of born was protection from shaitan instigating and declaring that war against him and against all newborns. Not to say that that shaitan was not with Isa but he was protected from that pinch that happens at, at birth. And then, وَيَوْمَ amut The day I'm going to die. And then we talked about how uh, this is speaking about the fight right before. The, you know, later on in the day, later on, Closer to the day of judgment, when Isa will come back and then die. That's what's referring to. And then I'll be raised. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, All of that you just heard, that's son Jesus, son of Maryam. It is the whole word of the truth. I explained to you what haq means here. It could mean this is Allah's speech. Because Allah said, Kun fayakun, and that's how he came into existence. Or it could mean. This is the ultimate truth that Isa salam is speaking the truth that he doesn't worship, he is not the son of God, etc. Yamtarun, this is that re- word of truth that they have, b- they bitterly contend. Yamtarun, I told you, is that type of contention and that type of argumentation that is based on, um, based on what? Uh, no solid proof. It's just, you know, the person who's arguing also knows it's fake. So they sit there and they create doubt regarding Isa Islam. Some people call him uh, born out of wedlock. Some people make him divine. It is absolutely not befitting for Allah to take a son. Subhana. Glory be to him. Whenever he makes... So we'll read from here. لكن الظالمون اليوم في ضلال مبين وأنذرهم يوم الحسرة إذ قضي الأمر وهم في غفلة وهم لا يؤمنون إنا نحن نرث الأرض ومن عليها وإلينا يرجعون So these ayat from ayah 36 to 40 or 35 to 40 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says It is not for Allah to take any son It's not befitting Highly exalted is he above this. When he decrees a matter, he but has to say, he but says to it, be and so it is. Thus, Isa said to his people, Indeed, Allah is my Lord and your Lord, so worship him alone. This is a straight way to salvation. This is the straight way to salvation. Yet the sects of the people of Scripture have disputed amongst themselves regarding Isa. The sects have disputed about, amongst themselves about Isa, the sex of the people of the book. كفروا, so woe to those who disbelieve. From the spectacle of an awesome day. From a spectacle of an awesome day. بهم, how well they shall hear. How well they shall hear. وأبصر, and how well they shall see. 
يَوْمَ يَأْتُونَنَا On the day they come to us for judgment. لَكِنَ الظَّالِمُونَ الْيَوْمَ Nevertheless, the godless wrongdoers الْيَوْمَ This day فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينَ Are utterly lost in clear misguidance. وَأَنذِرْهُمْ Thus forewarn them يَوْمَ الْحَسْرَةِ Of the day of regret. إِذْ قُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ And their destiny has been decreed وَهُمْ فِي غَفْلَةِ While they are yet heedless وَهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ And they do not believe. إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَارِثُ الْأَرْضِ Indeed, it is us, it is but we who shall inherit the earth and all who are upon it. For us alone are they all returning. Every dars and every single selection of ayat that we cover, or any selection of the ayat of the Quran, my dear friends, is sufficient for our guidance. If we seriously come here with humility and humbleness, and if I sit and ponder about what I'm re- what I just read, it will send shivers down our spine. This is cannot be none, the speech of anyone besides the most powerful Allah Azza wa Jal. He says, You ascribe, you think Isa is my son. This absolutely not befitting. I t- it's ended my last week's dars on this. That you have a son when you, you, need, you have a need to run your business after you die. You have a need to, for someone to, you know, to, uh, to stand up for you when you're old and serve you. Right? To defend your honor. To, give you, uh, to protect you, etc. This doesn't apply to Allah. He neither gets old, nor shall he die, nor he, will he give his, what he owns to someone else. Well, there is absolutely no need. Usually people have such a desire for sons. Why they have a desire for sons? Because there's this internal need that if I have a son, I can do this and I can do that. Does that belong to Allah? Absolutely not. And I told you the last ayats of Surah Maryam are about this. When Allah says, The heavens want to split asunder. The earth is about to rip open. Right? And the mountains are about to fall down out of anger. What are they so angry about? They're angry. How dare you have ascribed a son to Allah? They can't take it. They say, you, How dare you say this about our Creator? And Allah tells them, You know, just wait. Just calm down. Maybe this person will one day repent. Give him some time. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, It's not befitting. Then what they say, Subhana. Right? Highly exalted is He. We all say, Subhanallah. Right? We say, what is that? Subhanallah is a very powerful word. What we're saying is Subhanallah, Sabahtu Subhanallah. Subhanallah is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free and above all of those evil things that people ascribe to Him. That's why when someone says, accuses you of something, or accuses someone of something, what do we tell them? Subhanallah, kisi baat karo? Subhanallah, what are you talking about? This is mentioned in the Quran when the people accuse our beloved mother, Aisha radiallahu anha of zina. And having an affair. What does the Quran, what does the Quran say? Subhanak hadha buhtanun azim. Glory be to you, Ya Allah. This is a huge accusation. Right? Notice that. But just like Subhanallah, Allah is free of that. Aisha is free from these type of false accusations against her. Isn't that amazing? That's why we were taught to say Subhanallah when we see something surprising. So Subhanallah is a very jam-packed word. One word that, that has within it such power that it doesn't require a predicate or a subject, doesn't require a ver- a, 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 any nouns or verbs around it. It's a standalone, like a, you know, emoji or a exclamation marks. It's a standalone thing that you don't need to. It's much more powerful than writing a paragraph. You follow what I mean? Sometimes one one small. Uh, you know, uh, angry face is more powerful than a whole paragraph. So, Subhanallah and Subhan 
is one of those type of words that delivers a very powerful message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is absolutely free of this nonsense that you all are attributing to him. Sabaha and or sabaha it comes from the meaning of swimming, sibaha, swimming. So there's many, some people say that, you know, although they are the same root word, but they have nothing to do with each other. This is possible. And another explanation is that, um, that just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, just like a person who, who is swimming, he needs to ensure that his head stays above the water, or you have to remain afloat, basically, don't drown. Similarly, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what keeps us afloat in this corrupt world. As soon as we allow Allah to be, Allah's honor to be in reputation to go down, or, or as soon as we start saying or doing things against the honor of Allah, then our dunya is gone, our akhirah is gone. So just like a swimming person strives to remain alive by staying afloat, we in this very chaotic world, need to make tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to stay afloat. And that is why we have been told that just by saying subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will plant a tree in Jannah. We all know this, right? Ibrahim a.s. You know, Rabbi s.a.w. told us that the, you know, through a vision that what is being shared with him is that the Jannah is a very open land, open space. And you have to do your landscaping. You have to do your development, real estate development. Otherwise, what you got? You need to develop that. You have a spot in Jannah with your iman, but you have to develop it. And so he said, how do you develop it? Well, subhanallah is a development. Alhamdulillah is a development. Allahu Akbar is a development. La ilaha illallah is a development. Every single one of these words and sayings, which are powerful, you're planting a tree. You're planting in a tree. So when some of us, after Salatul Asr or Maghrib or Isha, sit there and do tasbih, and some may say, what does this guy do? Man, I gotta run. What he's doing is, he's developing his real estate. He's developing his mansion. Why are you in such a hurry? Why am I in such a hurry? Wallahi al-Azim. If we knew what the power of subhanAllah is, we would make that person wait outside. We would not worry about anything. We said, let me finish my tasbih and then move. There's nothing in the world that could be more valuable. There's nothing in the world that could be more valuable than reading our tasbih after salah. But how does shaitan play tricks with all of us? He makes us forget it. We say we'll do it, but we don't do it. All of us are in this pit, man. It's sad. We're just getting you know, thrashed left and right by shaitan. And we just give up. We don't realize it, that the war is going on. And that he's actually making us heedless and, ghaf- and, and suffer from, from, and making us for no reason miss out on opportunities of doing tasbih. You are working in your shop. You're working in your business. You are serving customers. Why can you, behind your mask especially, no one's going to even see your lips moving. You think, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, subhanAllah. Why not? What's the problem? We're, we're all multitasking on our phone and doing and, and different apps. We're t- typing on our desktop and also checking our WhatsApp. Normal life. You're, you're walking, talking, you're doing other things. Why can we not do tasbih while doing, doing about our tasbih? Why all of us who are men or women who cook in the kitchen, who clean the dishes at the end of the day, who sweep the kitchen floor, right? Who, put, who, who are walking back and forth, taking a walk after asr. Why can we not do tasbih? Why? If you think of it, it's the biggest foolish thing of ours that we're not using this valuable time. Those who passed away yesterday, and those who passed away last week, and the ones before that, they would give the whole world and everything they own and everything more than that to be able to say one subhanallah. 
but they can't, it's done, too late. I'm saying this to you, but how sad it is that how many of us will think about it and say, yeah, that's awesome, I'm going to do that, but then we leave it. So it's a constant struggle. We have to ask Allah tawfiq. We have to ask Allah tawfiq. Ya Allah, please, please make me from amongst those who are the dhakirin Allah kathirin wa dhakirat. Remember, dear friends, whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about dhikr in the Quran, the word kathira, majority of the time comes with it. This word kathira doesn't come with any other act. What does kathira mean? Plenty. Allah does not use kafira with salah. Allah does not use kafira with sadaqah. Allah does not use kafira with hajj. Allah doesn't use kafira with jihad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses kafira with dhikr. أذكر الله ذكرا كثيرا وذاكرين الله كثيرا وذاكرات etc. The word kathira comes that those who remember Allah abundantly just doing one tasbih in the morning no we have mashallah tons of time we don't just send one text message we don't just check the clock once we don't just check our messages once we do hundreds of times so this is what it needs to be that tasbih needs to be on our tongue if you want to know what's your condition of your heart this is one good way of seeing it how often am I remembering Allah because the amount of times if you check this wellness app on here on the phone, it'll tell you how many times you turned on your phone. You know what I'm talking about? How many times you checked WhatsApp? It'll tell you how many clicks you had. And you look at it, it's like, oh my God, subhanAllah, right? It's, none of us want to probably look at that because it's way too much. So, the condition of the heart, if you want to know, is that how many times are we remembering Allah? Because the more times you remember Allah, for every time you remember Allah, Allah is remembering you. All right? This comes in the hadith. I remember him when he remembers me. I, re- I remember him in my heart when he remembers him in his heart. And if he remembers me in a gathering, I remember him in a gathering much superior to that. So we are taking Allah's name now. We hope and, and expect for Allah that he's taking all of our names right now in a gathering of angels, inshallah. Alright? So that's what we're getting here. So dhikr is something that will keep us in check. Make niyyah, all of us, that we'll do our morning and evening ithkar. And after salah, even if it takes us two minutes. I told you the story of Ali radiallahu many times before. Let's hear it again. Allah anhu he he was very uh, you know he his his Rasulullah came you know that story of Fatima radiallahu came and said ya Rasulullah I I need something and then she left because there were men around him she didn't want to talk to him while there was she was he was surrounded by you know men around him so he walked she walked away he saw that she had come to see him so he, he went to her afterwards and said you know my dear daughter what was it that you came to see me you had left he said yeah I came to see you but you were surrounded by people and I don't want to talk to you then so what is it he said I heard servants have come in and I am I cannot handle the chores of work, taking care of Hassan Hussein, taking care of all the Islam obligations of the of Masjid and the Jihad and Ali radiallahu anhu and all the other obligations that I have as a daughter of the Prophet and, and the husband of Ali, a wife of Ali and the mother of Hassan Hussein and, and the Dini obligation. So I'm look at myself, man, I'm finished. She had to go get water from the well, she has to go knead the dough. She was going through a lot of physical hardship. She wanted a servant, a maid. And <laughs> Nabi Sallallahu could have given her the very best of mates like you know this is what we do right when you have, when you have contacts we talked about this in the Jummah Khutbah about contacts about justice and how easy we all slip we all slip illa mashallah we'll give preference to our own so Nabi Sallallahu he could have chosen the very best not one two servants and the Sahaba would be excited Nabi Sallallahu is going to Nabi Sallallahu house why not she is the leader of all the women of Jannah he said whoever hurts her hurts me whoever pleases her pleases me whoever hurts me is going to upset Allah that's what he said about her She's a part of my heart. Why wouldn't anyone give her the best of servants? But look what he does for his own family. He says, no, I don't want to give you a servant. I'll give you something much better than that. How many of us, if our wives ask us something, <laughs> go try this, huh? Let's go try this. Uh, he says, can you please give, can, can hire something? Can you help? Can you give me? He says, no, no, I'll give you. We heard in the tafsir. Let's, let's do this. Then tomorrow, next week, you're going to say, what's a ta'wiz for getting us back together? You know, what's a way to get us back together? The thing is, 
if you have yaqeen, this is the thing. I'm telling all of us, we should all go tell our wives, and our wives are listening, you need to tell your husbands. If, God, this, this, if, this, if you want change to come into your home, it has to be like this. We have to not just chit-chat. Look how many, one hour of seers. There's too much we're speaking. We have to bring something into our life. The one thing you can take in your life is bring amal in. Go home and definitely speak about this. Say, you know what, I, this, this really touched me. I really got to do something about this. How about you help me and I'll help you? Why can't we do that? It's not a blame game here. It's not pointing fingers. You tell your spouse, I need you to help me. If you want, I can help you as well, but I want you to help me. Now, mashallah, what she, what she will say? They'll look at the humility and humbleness. This person really wants to bring a change, wants to bring thicker. I should also be like this. Alright? Whoever, whoever is listening to this, maybe the wife can tell the husband, that I, I want you to help me on this. This is one take-home message I have for myself. Can, can you help me? And then he will say, <clears throat> mashallah, you know what? This sounds like a great idea. I'll help you, and you also help me. There you go. So she tells him, uh, he tells her, let me tell you something better than that. He says, what is that? So you say subhanallah 33 times, alhamdulillah 33 times, Allahu Akbar 34 times. And somebody, why? Allahu Akbar 33, and la ilaha illa Once. So you have two, two riwayats, right? Or if you easy one, for those of us who don't know the other dua, just say subhanallah 33, alhamdulillah 33, Allahu Akbar 34. This is better than everything. Read it after every salah, and read it before you go to bed, he told her. And you see how Allah will take care of it. So Ali of Allah told his students, ever since I heard this, I have never gave it up. I never gave it up. I never gave this up. No matter what happens, I always do this. All of us ask ourselves, we have five salahs so far today, and we slept last night. From these six opportunities, how many times did we do this? Now, I, I, I presume 80% of the crowd knows this story. Or more. Right? Knows this story. And I've heard it many, many times. And that's what we all judge. Do I already know, that the, I already know what he's going to say? And this is, what we, this is the problem on a YouTube lecture or an in-person lecture. I already know what he's going to say. You probably do. Probably know more than the speaker. Great. But the question is not about what you know. It's about how much of it have you put into practice. If you're not putting into practice, what's the point of that knowledge? That's what we got to come sit with this. I got to speak with this intention. And you have to listen with this intention. That, Ya Allah, I'm not speaking for the sake of speaking. And I'm not listening for the sake of listening. I'm speaking and listening to bring it into my life. And Ya Allah, I'm weak. But I beg you to give me the tawfiq to bring into my life. So we had six opportunities within the past 24 hours. How many of us have done that? Ask yourself, if you did it six out of six, oh, mashallah, I'm proud of you. I mean, I'm very happy for you. If we've done five, also good. But if we see we did zero, then we have a very serious problem. We, we know it, why are we not doing it? So Ali radiallahu anhu said, I have never left it. So what did, his, what did his, his students, the students like to ask questions. So he said, Ali, what about the day when you were on the battle of Safin? And the battle of Safin was Ali was not a foot soldier. What was he? He was a general of the entire army. He was Amir al-Mu'mineen, right? As well as a general of the army. Imagine you are the head of the entire Muslim ummah and you're the head of the battalions. You barely got time to pray salah. He says, even on that day, I did not leave out this tasbih. That's what you call yaqeen. That's what you call when the Prophet said something, samana wa ta'ana, done deal. That's it. My Prophet said it, it's got to be real. I don't care about this. We can, one arrow comes, I mean, no problem. We're, gonna, we're not going to miss this. That's the yaqeen, when, if it comes into our heart, then our lives will change. Even one small 30-minute dars will change our life forever. But if yaqeen is not there, then hours and hours and, you know, of lectures will mean nothing to us. So let's all make this intention, inshaAllah. All of us, say inshaAllah, that we will never leave our tasbih. We will never leave our tasbih after salah. Never leave our tasbih before we go to bed. And if we, Allah forget, forbid, we forget, as soon as we remember that we missed it, what do we do? 
we make it up. You remember at 2 o'clock that you missed your Fajr Tasbih? Do it. Do it. Take a minute, stop what you're doing, and do your Tasbih. And so we have to punish ourselves like this. At Isha, you remember, my God, the whole day went by, I haven't done dhikr. So what you should do now? Do qada for Fajr, Dhuhr, Asar, Maghrib, Isha, Tasbih. Just like Allah forbid someone were to make qada of the salahs. So if we want to train ourselves into doing these things, that's how it's going to work. You have to do qada. Even though it's not fard, yes. But how are you going to get a habit of it? Whenever you miss a juz, your daily recital, do qada of it. Are, you, are we all following? So this is dhikr. Kathra of dhikr is what is important. La ilaha illallah. So subhanallah is that dhikr that we have to be doing. That is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above. He's going to give you a tree in paradise. Ida qada amran. Then Allah gives us a logical reason and explanation of His power. He says, why would I need a son? Or anything, or a daughter, or any of these things you guys say. You know, they used to say, why is it daughter? Because they used to say, the angels are the daughters of Allah. I don't need sons, I don't need daughters, I don't need a wife. He says, Whenever he decrees a matter, is for hasar, exclusivity. All he has to say to it is, kun. What, does he, what, what is it? What is it referring to? Anything. Whatever, whatever is, he wants to do basically right whatever he wants to do ida qada amran fa inna lahu kun fayakun he has he says to it be and it it comes into existence meaning if you are so powerful that whatever you intend happens why would you need any other partners that's the logical thing you say like basically this is a, 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 a this is a debate or a, a, a proof against anyone who says allah is a son or allah has partners that why would you want a partnership Let's say you run a business. You, why you have a partner? Because you don't have enough capital for the business. That's why you get someone else to join. But if you have enough money, why in the world would you get someone else as a partner? Okay, maybe you get a partner because you have all the money, but you don't have management skills. But let's say you have management skills, and you have the money. Again, why would you include a partner in your business? It just doesn't make sense to give your profits away to someone else for no reason. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying through this logical explanation here, proof, that whatever I want, I get it done. I say, be and it comes into existence. So can you please explain, why are you saying I need a partner? Can you explain, why do I need these idols? Can you explain why I need Isa or Uzair or anything else that you all say? Latin, Uzan, whatever else. I don't need any of this. So they have no answer to that. Here, you, one side you guys say, God is all-powerful. And then you say, He had a son. But that doesn't add up. Say He's weak, but you don't want to say that. You say He's all-powerful, but then you want to ascribe things to Him. Kun fayakun is, is a powerful statement. We did this before in tafsir as well. When a believer understands kun fayakun, then he will never take a no for an answer. He will never say, bada mushkil lag raha hai. You will never say, bada mushkil lag It looks difficult. This is not going to happen. For us, there's no such thing like that. We believe in kun fayakun. We say, no matter what the odds may be, if Allah wills, this will happen. No matter what. My job is to take it to the court of Allah and present my case and plead my case. And as soon as he says, done deal, it'll be done within seconds. Not seconds, less than a second. Before time finishes. Before even a time second sa'ah passes. And if he doesn't wish, then at least I tried my best. But to sit there and say, this is not going to happen, is not the attitude of a Muslim. We've spoken about this before. Take this out of our mind. 
Let's stop saying she, he will never become a hafiz. She will never be able to get married. This marriage will never be able to last. This business will never be able to run. You know, this, this board will never change. This imam will never come right. These are things that are useless. We don't say like that. We don't speak like that. For a Muslim, we always believe in kun fayakun. But we don't just say kun fayakun and do gapshap and gossip. <laughs> That's the issue. Nah? We talk about this and we just sit there and gossip and backbite. That doesn't work. If we really want to bring change, go do fresh wudu, pray turqat salah, takes 10 minutes for your turqat salah, and then pour your heart out in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then see how things will happen. This does not happen in our community anymore. Rarely. We talk about barim maslih, bhai. A lot of problems. Dua kijiye. We all say dua kijiye. Bhai, aapne dua kijiye, How much time have you spent making dua for this? How much time have you spent making dua for this? I'm doing it. No, it's not. There's a condition of a person who's making dua is different. Let's be honest. If the issues that are really pressing us, what are you doing to beg Allah, to prove Allah that, Ya Allah, you really want this? It's not about calling people and texting people to make dua for you. It's about actually sitting down in the musalla and speaking to Allah. Forget your sleep. Forget everything else. You're in sajda for 45 minutes. If you really got something going on in your life, that's what you need to do. Do a 45 minute long sajda and say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm not lifting my head up until this stuff is done. And I treat a servant based on what he expects from me. If you say, Ya Allah, I'm not lifting my head until this doesn't get done, it won't. That's what will happen. You'll get it done. That's the yaqeen. It's all based on conviction. It's all based on conviction. There's no, there's no one golden rule for everyone. No. Every single one, our relationship of Allah is different and the way Allah treats us is different. And how does He treat us? He treats us based on what we expect from Him. If you have hope and power and belief in His power, that Ya Allah, I know you can do this for me. I know you can do this for me. He'll prove it that He can do it for you. But if you write Him off, why should He prove it to you? If you write Him off, why, why should He even talk to you? If you say, no, I've, it's okay, it's done. It's not gonna happen, not gonna work. It doesn't work like that. So we've been taught in, in, in du'as like this, and rather I should say, ayats in the Qur'an like this, that there's nothing that a believer gives up on. And I've sh- shared with you one of the beautiful du'as. Ya man amruhu kafi wa noon. Oh, the one whose command is between kaf and noon. Which kaf and noon? The kaf and noon of kun. Meaning, he doesn't need to even say kun. It's right in between kaf and noon. It, kaf and noon and kun is just symbolism. It's it, 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 it just for us to understand. But he, there's no need for him to even say that. His, his simple irada, his simple will and intention immediately equals existence. You see what I mean? His irada, irada to who? Al-wujud. Right? His irada and his intention for something and his, willing, his willing, uh, willingness to do, want something equals existence. So when we have that type of yaqeen, we'll see things will move forward. Life will just be amazing. It will be like the, you know, seriously, a great things will happen when we have that. When you're, at that rela- when you're at that level of relationship, guess what happens? You will realize that this thing is not going to happen. Obviously, some things won't happen. But then you won't, be able, you won't give up hope. Instead, you will realize and you will tell yourself, this didn't happen because it's good for me not to happen in the long run. I was being, I'm, I'm jahil. I'm a little kid. Not even a little kid. I'm nothing in front of Allah. I have, I have experience of 30, 40 years. I can only have experience of 10 years ahead of me. Allah, past, present, and future is all the same for him. It's one scream. Past, present, and future. So what he knows, there's no way I know that. 
So probably, most definitely, because of my, I cried so much and begged for this, and it didn't happen, must mean what? Insha'Allah, in the long run, I will come to realize that this was not good for me. That's why Allah didn't give it to me. Is there any, <clears throat> is there any doubt in this? No, it's not. Because why? The Quran, we, we always share the hadith of the Prophet When a person asks Allah and supplicates, one of three things will happen. Either you'll get what you want, asked for, or a, a calamity that was going to befall you will be averted from you. And what's the third thing? Yeah, you'll get such rewards in the akhirah, such rewards that you'll wish that none of your du'as would have been accepted in the world. <laughs> you heard that? You would have wished that none of your du'as been accepted. So that's why when you beg all the way till the last date and the thing what you're waiting for, the entrance into a college or marriage or car or closing in a deal, it didn't go through, what happens? You'll feel that you'll have this contentment in your heart that, okay, you know what? It wasn't good for me. That's why. But if it was good for me, Allah would have definitely given it to me by now. You see? That understanding of life will come. And then you'll always basically be a winner. You will never be a loser. You will never be a loser. You will never have a sad, depressed day. You won't be the sadness, natural sadness will come, but there'll be no depression. There'll be no anxiety. There won't be like, oh my God, the world is falling apart upon me. No, you'll know that everything's happening according to the will of Allah. Uh, our Ustad here, Monana Yusuf Ghoth's father who passed away last Monday, and we made dua for him here, he penned some words about his father. And if you haven't received on the volunteers group, if you haven't read it, you know, message me or message the office and I'll share it with you. I, I, I took a lot of benefit from it. I would love for all of you to read it. Two pages he just typed up about his dad. So powerful. It's not about powerful thinking about, oh man, he, we lost someone. Like, that's there. But it's about you ask yourself, what, do I have this in me or not? And one of the things he said is that when he went last January uh, and, you know, his, his, he, with a bone fracture, you know, went to the doctor and then they met the oncologist and the oncologist said, you actually have stage four bone cancer and you have a few months to live. And he said, I was with my dad in the room. Imagine like what happens to you Because he went with he, he broke his arm He had no idea about this cancer business And he said simply The way he just said Okay, subhanAllah Allah, Whatever Allah wills Whatever Allah wills This has all been written Absolutely nothing beyond that And so that How he dealt with this Extremely painful I'm told by You know uh, uh, Doctors that can, they, um, Bone cancer is very painful How he dealt with that And the only thing is saying whatever Allah wills, whatever Allah wills, subhan, you know, and just praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout that sickness. Something to definitely read, uh, powerful. And one other, things, one other thing he mentioned was, um, you know, Mulan Yusuf comes from a family of, in which there is no hafad and ulama in, in, his, in his, amongst his siblings or his father, grandfather's family, whatnot, you know. Uh, so now, mashallah, alhamdulillah. Cousins are slowly becoming hafil and this, that. So, but anyway, he said he used to always think that, how did I end up in madrasa? Because I know him, you know, from a long time when he was going to UIC. And he was not planning to do alim course or any of that sort. And um, this was powerful, but the dua of a father. So he, he said, when I went to South Africa and I looked at all the classmates, 60 plus classmates, everyone has a dini background. Someone's, most people, their father is alim, imam of a masjid, or their father went in jamaat extensively. Right? Typical ways you know how, to, how a student comes into the madrasa. That's how it is. And he said, I'm the, old, I'm the oddball. You know, my father doesn't know he, it's not, it's not an alim, was not connected, it wasn't aware of the effort of da'wah and tabligh, etc. You know, from childhood and other stuff. 
So it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted into Hibs to accept into the Alam course. And I remember the day when I used to graduate from Bukhari Khatam, he wrote me a long, powerful, you know, emotional message when he was in South Africa. We, you know, and just saying that I can't believe this day has come. I cannot believe I'm graduating after seven years and getting the Sanad and Ijazah in Bukhari. This is crazy. I couldn't believe I've actually made it. Right? And then, mashallah, Allah accepted him to study hadith for two, three years extra. And now, mashallah, he's teaching hadith at Darussalam here. So, one thing is, he told me his father, he wrote in that, in that article, that his father told him before he passed away, that do you know, I made dua for you. Uh, long ago, when you were a little baby. And I said, Ya Allah, make him a hafiz, an alim, and a teacher of hadith. And his son, like, are you serious? You never told me this. And he said, yeah, it's better that I didn't tell you. But this, is, this was my dua I never told you in my life. And he said, now it made perfect sense how my life abruptly took changes. Abruptly went into Hifz class. Mashallah did Hifz in nine months. Right? Then abruptly from left college, he had a GPPA program. It was a, you know, Mashallah, direct program. And you know, people die for that. Right? AUIC. And these, these have medical programs. A stellar, stellar, stellar grades. All of a sudden his heart changes. I don't want to do this anymore. Khalas, I want to come study. Study with us in the warehouse. And then he ended up going into, uh, to South Africa. And then, mashallah, shifted towards hadith. And then shifted towards teaching hadith. He's like, now you understand the power of the father's dua. Right? Dear brothers, dear fathers. Uh, you're right. This is something that even we don't, have to t- we don't have to even tell our kids what we want them to become. Right? Sometimes we're always pushing it down their throat. The, the, if we're sincere and we're special, with our relationship with Allah is special, then whatever dua we'll make, it'll get accepted inshallah. Right? Many times, we, the time we spend bugging and telling our kids, we want you to become a doctor or an engineer or an alim or a hafiz, if half of that we were to spend bugging Allah, if I can use that word, our work will get done quicker. But we don't present our case in front of Allah as much as we should. I don't. Right? We don't do that as much. And so that's what my appeal is today, to myself and to all of us here, is to build our relationship with Allah and believe when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills to do something, Allah can do it. If you want that, you know, I know there's people listening online, etc. So you can just email the office, info or, or office at masjidds.org, and inshallah we can share that document with you. Uh, subhanallah. And thus, Isa told everyone, Allah is my Lord and your Lord. Rab, I told you, means creator, sustainer, uh, um, uh, lover, nourisher, everything, right? Rabb is the one who takes care of all the things. Isa is saying, he's not just my Lord, he's your Lord. Fa'budu. So if you understand Allah is your Lord, why don't you worship Him? I got logical explanation here. When a person says, do you believe Allah is your Lord? G. Does, did He create you? G. Did He give you your job? Yes. Does He provide for you with some food? Yes. But then why don't you pray Fajr? <laughs> do you believe Allah has the ability to make you paralyzed in your hand and now that hand that you to do your work with? You, you, you're an ironsmith You're a dentist You're a physician You're an uh, engineer You use your hand do you, have the, do you think Allah has the ability to make you paralyzed in a second? Yes, He does Do you think Allah is the one who's keeping your hand healthy? Yes Then why don't you worship Him by making sure you pay your zakat And don't indulge in interest And guard your gaze, etc, etc This is the logical progression If Allah is your Rabb, then worship Him so Isa said, I'm saying, Allah is my Lord and your Lord. Allah is my Rabb and your Lord. Fa'budu. Don't worship me, worship Him. Mustaqim. This is the straight way to salvation. There's only one way. Sirat. Sirat is, can you imagine Sirat has no plural? No plural. <laughs> there is no plural. Sirat al-Mustaqim has no plural. There is only one word for that. Sirat. There's other words, Subul. Sabil, Subul. Right? There's plural for Sabil. Raste. Right? Fa'tafarraqa bikum. Right? Uh, uh, 
So uh, that the, you, you do, if you do not deviate, otherwise you'll fall into many various paths. That's why I said in the Quran, there's nur only comes singular form. There's no anwar in the Quran. The plural of nur is anwar. The, but however, there's no there's no there's no plural form used in the Quran. It's only nur. On the other hand, darkness plural everywhere. Vulumat is the plural of vulma. Darkness, layers of darkness upon darkness Because if you leave Islam, if you leave the deen There's just too many wrong, misguided ideologies out there You could be lost anywhere If a person comes out of the deen You don't have any idea where he may end up Got it? So, similarly, the path towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is straight Allah says Yet the sects of the people of scripture They disputed amongst themselves about Isa Meaning people, they continue to fight. Some call him divine, some call him son of, you know, of zina. فَوَيْلْ Woe to those who disbelieve. مِنْ مَشْهَدِ يَوْمٍ عَظِيمٍ From the spectacle of an awesome day. What does mashhad mean? Shahida yashhadu means to witness. Okay? To witness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that um, you have, you better, you, all of you who are, who are speaking ill about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and di- attributing divinity to Isa alayhi salatu salam. I'm warning you. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is getting upset. He says, Wail. Wail is how sad and pitiful. But you know, you're gonna cry that day. Allah is saying, How sad and pitiful is that day? Mashhad yawm al-Azim. Couple ways of understanding the word mashhad. Because shahida yashadu means to be present. Shahida yashadu can also mean to present something. So it's a pitiful day when you will be present that day in front of Allah. It's a pitiful day when you will have to stand and present your deeds in front of Allah. It's a pitiful day when your deeds and the prophets will be witnessing against you. All three explanations here. Your, your presence on that day will be pitiful. Or your, your, um, uh, your actions being presented against you and your prof, your, the prophets presented against you will be pitiful. Or you um, presenting your actions in front of Allah. All of these explanations, mashhad, give you that. Allah Jalla Jalalu says regarding Isa a.s. Allah says in um, in the seventh juice in Surah uh, right before Surah An'am begins, ending of Maidah, with "Qala Allahu Ya Isa ibn Maryam." Allah says, "Remember, this is going to happen. Allah will speak to Isa." With "Qala Allah," Allah will say, "Ya Isa ibn Maryam." This is again one of my first translations of the Quran that I learned when I was a little kid. I don't know how I ended up understanding these verses, so I have a very strong relationship with this this little section here. With "Qala Allahu Ya Isa ibn Maryam." When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to Isa alayhi salam, أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ Are you the one who told the people? Did you? Oh Isa, did you tell people? اِتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَهَيْنِ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Please make me and my mother gods besides Allah. Did you tell that to people? Allah will say this is going to happen. قَالَ Subhanak. Isa will respond. Subhanak. Glory be to you. Are you above and beyond all of this? Absolute nonsense what people are saying. It is absolutely not befitting for me to say what I have no right to say. Who am I to say stuff like this? Then he says to Allah, This is gonna happen. Allah already mentioned the Quran. In kuntu qultuhu faqad alimta. Ya Allah, if I actually said it, you know I said it. You know it. Your knowledge is a proof for me that I didn't say it. The book of deeds is a proof that I didn't say it. What can I say? I mean, who am I to say I didn't say it? I mean, I'm just quiet, I'll just stay quiet. I didn't do it, you know I didn't do it. Subhanallah. 
I mean the humility that Isa was showed to Allah and all those who made him divine will be so what imagine what their condition. This is the guy we call God. Look what look at how he's standing in front of Allah. What is he saying? He says, I can't even open my mouth in front of you. What am I how am I supposed to even deny? He's not even he's like, how, how can I even speak upon this? This is something that is absolutely not befitting for me to even say anything about it. I'll just say if I said it, you'd already know about it. You already know what I do. You already know what's in me. And I don't know anything about you. Indeed, you are absolutely the most knowledgeable of the unseen and the seen. Let me tell you, let me be a little, let me further explain. I didn't tell them any of these things. Except all I told them is what you asked me to tell them. What did you ask me to tell them? Same thing from you, the same ayat here. Worship Allah, Rabbi wa Rabbakum, who's my Lord and your Lord. And I was a witness and I watched what they did as long as I was among, amongst them. But when you choose to call me back, and pull me out. Kunta anta alayhim. You then became the one in charge. You then became the one looking after their affairs. I don't know what they did after I left because I was gone. Wa anta ala kulli shayin shaheed. You are absolutely a witness over every single thing that has happened in the past and will happen in the future. And I know nothing. I only know what I saw. And I tell you, I didn't tell them to worship you, worship me. I told them what you asked me to say. And then, now he makes a plea. Ya Allah, if you choose to punish them, Who am I to say? They are your servants. I can't see anything. If you choose to punish them, they are your servants. I, don't, I, have, I cannot say much. However, if you choose to forgive them, Indeed, you are all powerful, all wise. You can do it. No one's going to tell you why. Allah Allah will say, this is that day when the truthful people, their truthfulness will be a benefit to them. If you are truthful, you know sometimes say, Yad, what's the point of being truthful in the dunya? Everyone's cheating. What's the point of this man? If you want to play dirty with me, I'll play dirty with you. Why should you not do that? Because of this ayah right here. Because this is a day when the people who played dirty all their lives and got to the top, they're going to fall. And a fall that they will never be able to come back from. It. Because the dunya we see in politics and in money, what happens? No matter what scandal you're caught up in, you can get out, get out of it. No matter how much bankruptcy you've, you, you, know, you, you know, how many people's money you've cheated, you, there's a way to get back up. That's how the dunya teaches us. The more crooked you are, you know, you know how to come back up quicker. So where is this going to all end? Why don't I just be like that? Well, this ayah is telling you, don't be like that. Because it's a day where only the truthful people's truthfulness will be a benefit to them. They'll have gardens below which rivers will flow forever. That is the ultimate success. So this will happen to Isa salam on the day of judgment. This is the discussion that will happen between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and him. Right? And so to, 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 set the, to let the disbelievers know, okay, by this is who you claim to be God, look at his situation. Look at his humility and humbleness. Where are you all going to think you're going to stand a chance? So this is what is happening here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Woe to these disbelievers from the spectacle of the awesome day. Asmi'a bihim absir. How well they shall hear, how well they shall see. Let me finish the translation of these few ayats, inshallah, we'll end in the next few minutes. How well they shall hear. This is sarcasm. How well, you have 20-20 vision right now. Your ears are perfect. 
<laughs> What's the point? Where, why, why were you not listening when the Prophet spoke to you? When the Quran spoke to you, you had a chance to repent, you didn't. Then you put corks in your ears and didn't want to listen. All my signs were in front of you every single day, you didn't want to take heed. You became blind. Now, guess what? You're very intelligent, you're very smart, you got perfect vision, perfect ability here. It doesn't make a difference. Now it's too late. Allah is, is, is sarcastically saying, how, how intelligent you are, how bright your how great your vision is. On the day they come to us for judgment, you will be in good shape. Like Allah says in Surah Qaf, what does he say? Your eyesight is very strong now. What's that? We will remove the veil from your eyes. The veil of love of intoxication of this world. That veil that we have, once it's removed, then we'll have perfect vision. Right now people don't understand. You speak to them, it's like you're speaking to a wall. Sometimes we ourselves like that. We don't get it. We don't get it. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, However, nevertheless, the godless wrongdoers today are utterly lost in misguidance. Tomorrow they'll have bright, great vision and hearing. But today, what is it? What does fee tell you? Fee means inside. That the disbelievers today are engulfed. They're surrounded by complete, complete misguidance. No matter what you try to speak to them, you can't get through to them. They have surrounded, they've chosen to surround themselves with bad company. This is such a scary thing. There are certain people you want to try to talk to, but the, the type of people they hang out with are just such bad company. But they're the ones who want to go out, hang out every Saturday, Friday, go eat with them. So even if, they, if you try to bring them one inch closer to the masjid, that crew pulls them back out. And until you don't realize that your crew is cancerous, and that your crew is the worst effect, having the worst possible effect on you, you need to distance yourself from them to be able to spiritually grow, you'll never be able to change. We have to cut ourselves off from that toxic crew that we may have, be it relatives, whoever. But you got to take time off to become spiritually strong and then to go back and help. If you're yourself drowning, you cannot go help someone else who's drowning as well. So that's, the, you know, that's what I think the biggest problem for the youth today is. Why we see youth, they'll come to one Tuesday, they won't come for the next three. Then they'll show up one, it's a crew. If you are here, if you, if you are sitting with a group of people who will say every single week we have to come, you won't miss a day. But what happens, we have two crews, one masjid crew and one different crew, basketball crew, nightclub crew, God knows what other crew. We know that. People lead, lead all sorts of multiple lives. Until you don't become siratul mustaqim, you won't succeed. You have to cut off all the rest of the crew. You have to hang out with the crew, says Tuesday night is nothing but tafsir, I don't care what happens. Then you won't miss a single day, a single week. And you will actually be able to get somewhere. You come one week, you don't come for three weeks. You, you climbed up two steps, you went down six steps. How's that gonna happen? That's the thing. We have to, we're not telling you to come for every single day or for every single day. Take one thing, whatever it is, and then don't leave it. No matter, the world comes upside down, you don't leave it. That's what you learn from Ali radiallahu What is he doing? Tasbih. Simple. Simple tasbih. Take it and hold on to it and say, I'm never gonna leave it. That's what is, that's where the power comes from. Steadfastness. Steadfastness. So we all have to ensure that we befriend such people who will push us towards good. Otherwise, you're going to be fi dalalim mubin. Allah says, "Anvirhum." Thus, O Rasulullah, warn them. For in that means not just scare people. In that is out of care and compassion you forewarn them. So Nabi Sallallahu is not a terrorizer. What is he? He's a mundir. He's a navir. He's a forewarner. He says. Of warn them, forewarn them of the day. What's the day of judgment? I have so much to say about this. We can do it next week, inshallah. Let's go through the translation. If Allah wills, we'll talk about more about it. What is hasrat bay? Regret. 
This is so ajeeb. Allah calls the day of judgment from the 24 names of the day of judgment. One of the names is the day of regret. That should just, that's enough you know, food for thought for tonight. Why would, what's going to happen that day? He didn't say the regret for kuffar. Period. It's called the day of regret for everyone. It's a day for even the pious will wish that they haven't, why they didn't do more. And of course, the sinful ones have a lot, obviously much to be regretful for. There isn't a single person who is not going to be regretting on the day of judgment for the time wasted, not doing the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, forewarn them of the day of regret when the matter, qudi al-amr, khalas, matter is done. Ab, don't try to come say, bhai, can, I, can you please make some amends? There's no amends now. You can make amends today, tonight, right now. We can go home and pray two rakat tawbah and repent from any major sins we're involved in. We can ask Allah forgiveness from whatever we've done in the past. Make niya for the future. We can do all that stuff today. People, they tell me, inshallah, I'll, I'll change from tomorrow. Students say, I'll start doing this. I said, how do you know you're going to live tomorrow? You have to start today. Don't tell me about tomorrow. If you had the ability to do it tomorrow, you would have done it today. The fact that you're not doing it today means your willpower is weak. What makes you think you're going to start doing it tomorrow? That's a big, big shaitani, foolish attack. Don't fall into that. Don't ever say before you go, say, I'll start from tomorrow. Come on, man. You've all been there, done that. If you had ability to do it tomorrow, you would have done it today. You haven't done it for so many weeks because you're weak. Now, if you're, if you're feeling the intention, do it. You want to donate something? You want to pray two rakat extra salah? You want to apologize to someone? Whatever it is, do it right now before you go to bed. Because you're going to wake up tomorrow, you'll be the same old person. That's the reality of it. Let's be honest with ourselves. Right? When, when the niya comes in, immediately act upon it. Don't delay. Allah says, now it's too late. The affair has been decreed. Who's going to hell is set. You can't change it. And yet they are... He- Today, you should be moved by these verses. Allah says, you're not moved by these verses. Yet they are heedless. They don't listen. They don't believe. Heedlessness is so bad, it'll take a person to kufr. What is a heedless? A heedless is an apathetic person who doesn't care. This is the biggest, what they call hedonism. That's what's going on today. People don't care. Anything you tell them, I don't care. I don't care. There's no way to treat that. May Allah save us and our children from having this attitude. I don't care attitude is the worst possible thing, man. Seriously, because then there's, 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 no, there's, not, there's, there's no incentive to do anything. Whether in the dunya or the akhirah. There's, you know, a person says, I don't care about a job, I don't care about education, I don't care about what people say about me, I don't care about akhirah. How do you help a person like that? It's very scary. So Allah says, this is part of the, being part of the ghafla that they don't believe. How are you going to get out of the ghafla? Very quick. Dhikr of Allah. Dhikr of Allah is going to get you out of ghafla. Anything, la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, la ilaha illallah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, but dhikr. And as you do dhikr, think of what you're saying. Think of what you're saying. When you say astaghfirullah, think about your sins. When you say salawat, think about you standing in front of the rawdah of the Prophet and sending salutations upon him. Right? Focus when you're doing dhikr. Number two, recite Quran. And number three, perform salah. Force yourself to do that. These are ways to remove the ghafla and the heedlessness from our heart. Lastly, Indeed, it is we, that what we call the, gloro, you know, the glorified honorable we, right? The, the, the majestic we. It's not that Allah is plural, it's a majestic we. Indeed, it is we who shall inherit the earth, and all who are upon it, and for us alone are they all being returned. What does that mean? What does it mean Allah is the inheritor? Basically, the last guy leaves, is the, one, you know, the last guy in the game wins all, right? <laughs> Basically, that's how it is. Allah says, I'm the last one here. I'm going to take it all. Right? Any game. The last one in wins. You're all going to die. And it's being, you know, dynasties are sending their, sending their wealth down to the next one and the next one, to the next heir, to the next heir. Family empires are sending their money down, 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 down. 
But eventually you all gotta die. Every single one. And who is left to have it all? Allah. And you say, doesn't Allah already have it now? Yes, He does. But He has allowed us to think we own it. But when the, when the trumpet will be blown and the last person dies, then it will become very obvious that we never own anything in the first place. Like Allah said in the Quran in Surah Zumar, لِمَنِ الْمُلْكَ الْيَوْمِ Allah will under, after the trumpet will be blown, Allah will say, to whom does the kingdom belong today? Come on, answer! Nothing. Everyone will be quiet, dead. Yes, yeah, the, what you guys said is correct. Everyone will be quiet because there's no one around. No one can answer. And then Allah Himself will respond, لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَهَارِ It only belongs to the one most powerful Allah. It always did belong to Him, but He allowed you to play along. He allowed you to fall in. He allowed you to think you own something. But today it's very obvious you don't. And there, at that time, it become apparent that power only belongs to the ultimate Allah. In this world, we think we're business owner, factory owner, you know, etc., employer. But this is all, this is all fake. Reality is the owner is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what we like. When then it says, وَإِلَيْنَا يُرْجَعُونَ and to us alone, they will be all be returning. You're not going to go to Allah on your own. We came here without our, our, our choosing, and we're going to go without our choosing. All right? You're going to be dragged. Wasiqa. Siqa command to be dragged. The people, the believers and the disbelievers, both will be dragged towards Allah. Subhanahu. Of course, the believers will be pushed, but not dragged. They'll be taken in procession, but still, they'll be taken. No one's walking to say, oh, I want to go to Jannah. It doesn't work like that. If it's meant for you, you're going to be taken there, mashallah. And no one's going to say, I want to go to hell. They'll be dragged towards that. Beautiful ayah of, of Ghashia you hear in, in Jummah. Powerful ayah. To us is their return. Where are you going to run? How far? How long? How long? How far are you going to run? Ilayna iyabam. To us is the return. Thumma inna alayna hisabam. Then it is us alone who will be taking their accounts. No one else. I mean, each of these verses, if a person were to ponder, your mind will be blown away. That can anyone besides Allah say this? Such power in these verses. May Allah grant all of us the reality of the power of the Qur'an, the words of Allah. May He allow us to take effect from it. May He allow us to practice on it, propagate it. May Allah save us from making the Qur'an a proof against us. اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأحوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على درجات وتبلغنا بأقصر غايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة بعد الممات إنك على كل شيء قدير Oh Allah we ask you to accept this gathering accept all of us who participated those who spoke those who heard Oh Allah we ask you to make this gathering a means of forgiveness for all of us make it a means of us getting closer to you Ya Allah whatever we share and hear every week allow our not only our knowledge to increase but more importantly allow our practice to increase allow our relationship with you to increase Oh Allah save us from having this proof, this knowledge become a proof against us on the day of judgment. Ya Allah, allow us all to begin to love the Qur'an, love the meanings of the Qur'an, love the language of the Qur'an. Allow us to delve deep into the meanings and the teachings of the Qur'an. Allow us, Ya Allah, to lead our life in a manner that is according to the Qur'an. Oh Allah, with just less than a month left from the month of Ramadan, allow us to utilize every moment and every second. Ya Allah, allow us to fast abundantly in this month. Allow us to recite Qur'an abundantly in this month. Allow us to do one round, one Qur'anic recitation till the, end, uh, uh, till the beginning of Ramadan. Allow us to focus on our reading 
skills if we are if we are still struggling. Oh Allah, allow us to be Allah to prepare mentally, spiritually. Allow us to make plans of how we're going to spend this Ramadan in the masjid. Oh Allah, allow all the masajid to open up. Allow thousands, allow the majority of the ummah to come back to the masajid. Oh Allah, allow the masjid to once again be filled up. Ya Allah, ya Allah, please remove the obstacles from our brothers and sisters from entering the masjid, from coming near the masjid. Ya Allah, clear up their minds, clear up their hearts. Oh Allah, replace. Oh Allah, whatever evil, whatever thoughts they may be in there, replace them with sukoon and tamaanina and trust in you, ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, to, to open up the doors of the Haramain al-Sharifain for Umrah and Hajj, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, protect all of our masajid, all of our madaris, all our deen institutions. Oh Allah, protect our youth, our children. Oh Allah, those who have left the deen, bring them back. Those who have left their homes, bring them back. Oh Allah, those who are confused about the deen, oh Allah, bring them back to the deen. Ya Allah, we ask you to make this, this majlis of tafsir a very beloved to you and to your angels, Ya Allah. Allow the nur from here to, go, to spread throughout the entire globe, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, allow us to, those who attend, to be regular. And oh Allah, allow us to become a means of bringing others as well, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, allow, allow the nur of hidayah to spread throughout the globe from this tafsir darsi ya Allah and from this masjid and from this madrasa ya Allah oh Allah we ask you to protect all of our attendees our musallis our staff our students our teachers oh Allah our well-wishers and, 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 and listeners throughout the globe oh Allah we ask you to protect their iman protect their health and their wealth ya Allah oh Allah whatever needs any one of us have whatever issues any one of us are dealing with we ask you Allah to fulfill our permissible desires and needs and grant all of us your sp- a special relationship with you a special relationship with you grant us the ability to stand up and pray uh, long rakats of tahajjud long rakats of nafil allow us to extend our hands and beg of you. Allow us to extend our hands and beg of you. Allow us to be punctual on dhikr, ya Allah. Subhanahu wa bika rabbil izzat ya masifun. Wa salamun al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ameen. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.